Welcome to the Intentional Man Podcast, a podcast that inspires and equips men to lead lives of intentionality and grow to their full potential. I'm your host, Jonathan McGinley, a life coach that helps men just like you create the life that you want and live a story of significance through my coaching and tools on intentionality. Thanks for joining and welcome to the show. All right, welcome to the show. I am excited to be here today. I got a great friend with me, Rob Bray. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you so much for taking your time to be here. Um, Rob has been become a really good friend over the past couple of years, uh, and uh, he just launched his own coaching business called Higher Purpose Coaching. Yes. So super excited for him and that. Uh, he's also been a part of uh, Mighty Hand Construction. He was a partner there and really helped see that thing grow exponentially and has been a big part of that. And then uh, he's actually leading a cohort, a business advisory group in Fort Collins called The Foundry uh, that I'm also just blessed to be a part of. And uh, so excited to have you here, Rob. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, yeah thank you. Appreciate the intro. It's it's good to see what God can do when... Uh, we surrender to him, reject passivity, and uh, really just step into our calling and our purpose. So excited for the for conversation sure. today. Yeah, exactly. And I have seen you do that in so many different ways, and that's why you're part <laughs> of the show. And uh, hey, yeah, thanks, so just to pump to jump in. So today we're going to be talking about um, really just how to lead a family well, changing uh, maybe your family narrative or a story that you grew up with. Um, and really just being intentional as a husband, as a father. And, uh, it's been cool hearing some of your stories recently of just how you've been really working on that and everything. And, and so I'm excited to dive into it, but before we get into that, I kind of want to just hear, you know, for you, when you were growing up, as you were growing up, like, what was your model of a man? Like, what did you think it meant to be a man as you were growing up? Man, it's such a good question. Um, I think we don't realize how much we emulate others and we, we look to mentors, we look to models and to be honest, and this is probably the story for a lot of you out there. Uh, I didn't have a great model. My dad walked out when I was five and, uh, was running his company busy with a whole nother family, my stepmom and, and my half siblings. And so I didn't have a, a great role model. I had some, when I got into, you know, middle school, high school, I had some guys that were older than me that I thought were cool. And I had some guys on TV, you know, and, but really it was, it was athletes. And I thought being a man was driving a cool car and getting the chick and, you know, landing the trick or shooting the shot, like doing something cool, driving something cool and having a trophy person, you know, girl next to you. That's what I thought of being a man was. And, and there was conflicting messages because then, you know, we did go to church on occasion and I'd learn about sacrifice and I'd learn about the way Jesus modeled manhood. But I wasn't really into that until God got a grip on my heart. And, you know, sometimes my dad would tell me, don't don't do what I did. You know, I, there's uh, there's being a man is is re- repenting of these mistakes. So he would try to speak these little truths, but it's a lot easier uh, to say, don't do what I did than to actually, yeah. I didn't have a, okay, what does that mean? Show who's showing me the way. Um, but yeah. after I came to know the Lord and I feel like I got a clearer picture on masculinity, then he started to not only bring the right uh, 
vision through authors mm-hmm. and books and mentors, but also the right people. And I, I remember like my small group leader and my Bible teacher and my football coach casting a different vision. So we could talk about mm-hmm. that too, if you want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So you kind of had these two different messages going on. You had what you were seeing and then you had some things yes. of what you're hearing maybe in the church or like, yes. this is what it's supposed to be. So how did that look for you in high school? Like which way did you kind of go or how did you find the yeah. balance between those? Yeah. I mean, I tried, <laughs> I tried the standard masculinity route. I had the yeah. Dodge Challenger. I, I played basketball and, you know, had the, the cheerleader on, on my arm and it just, and it, but it didn't satisfy, it didn't fulfill. And I just, you know, and I remember being the guy that would lead other people to, to go sneak out and go to the parties and, and influence people that direction. And it, it never satisfied. I would, I'd go to, I'd kind of sneak away to youth group and I would end up just like crying. Like there's gotta be more to life than this. Mm. So I was, I kind of had this closet Christianity and I was, you know, ashamed of the life I was living. And it was actually the book wild at heart. I don't know if any guys out there Mm -hmm. have read that or resonate with that, but wild at heart really spoke to my spirit and my masculine heart. It was really the first Christian book I ever read. I actually listened to it on audiobook. Um, It was uh, on a old hand-me-down iPod. And I just found it on there and I just started listening and oh my goodness, John Eldridge just cast this vision of what a man could be a battle to fight an adventure to live and a beauty to rescue. And how, if you don't surrender those to God and really have a plan, intentional plan on how to go about doing those things, you'll just either substitute for counterfeits or you'll settle like instead of your battle being for the souls of mankind, It'll just be your video game levels and and your adventure, you know, instead of being living for God and answering the call and starting a family and businesses and like, you know, blessing the community, your adventure will just become trying to make it to the Friday night football game, you know, trying to get back Mm. in front of the TV to watch the next game, you know, trying to make it to the weekend. And if your beauty to rescue isn't a noble woman that God is putting in your path to lead and to love and to cherish, then it can quickly become the counterfeits of, you know, pornography and lust and and the hookup Mm -hmm. culture. And it just resonated with me, man. I I remember making God this wager. Like I'm going to give you 90 days. Show me what a man really is. I'm going to try what John is saying. I'm going to do everything I know. I'm going to, I'm going to go to church and read my Bible and pray. But if you don't show up, this isn't going to work for me. And he did, man, he showed up and he's been a father to me ever since guiding me, navigating me, putting, you know, I remember my mentor Chet, one of my uh, small group leaders in high school and man, Chet knew I didn't have a dad in the house and Chet would just invite me over and we'd have dinner and we'd go hunting and we'd go like doing these manly things, but was, was more manly than just the activities, you know, teaching me to shoot, clays and work on cars, which was really great that he did that. Cause I, I didn't have that, but what was yeah. more manly is he would stop with me and pray with me and cry with me and mentor me and, and just give me a hug. And his face would light up when I walk into the room, uh, that man, and some, he wants me here. Someone wants me 
to grow in my masculinity and godliness. And it was really, really motivating. So God's put a few men like that in my life that tucked me under their wing. And still to this day, I have mentors. I have, it's, it's been a pattern of mine to, for them to seek me out, for me to seek them out. I'm really not shy to ask for mentorship because I've seen what it can do in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Well, that's really cool. Um, and just an amazing kind of transformation there of, of, of everything that happened when you kind of took that step and jumped in and, and really went for it full on of like, I got a different vision of what I can be. Was there still some of that, you know, noise or messaging from the past that you really had to like fight through? Like, how did you Mm -hmm. overcome your old model? How did you overcome what was so ingrained in you for so long? Great question. It, it did kind of drag itself into my college years a little bit. Yeah. It was hard to let go of that. Like being a, a man is having the muscles and having the car and having, the, and not to say you can't have any of those things, but like putting your identity in those things and, and the status of those things. And I remember I was in college and at this time I'd already met who would become my wife. I was already, you know, studying to do ministry, which for a long time before I was in the marketplace, I was a youth pastor. Um, and then I helped build some businesses and now I get to do both pastor church and coach people, um, and Mm -hmm. get to be a market marketplace minister. It's been really fun, but I remember I was back in college and I'm trying to follow God. I was at CCU, Colorado Christian and I remember one day like driving back from the gym and this gym had mirrors everywhere and everyone's looking in the mirror. Like, you know, it's, it's one thing to look to see if your form's right, but there's a lot of vanity going on and ego sure. and, and checking out each other. And I'm, and, and it's happening in my heart. I'm, you know, and, and I don't know everyone else's hearts, but I'm just, you know, I know the nature of man and I know what was happening for me. It was a lot of, man, does does that person think I look good and how, you know, it was just ego, you know? And I remember driving back and I'm here in this 2009 Dodge Challenger and I'm all worried about the way I look. And I just, I just like, God, take this away. I want to be your man. I don't want to be the world's man. I want to be your man. Take this, I take it away. And he challenged me right back. I felt like I heard his whisper, sell the car sell the car, get get something, get something more humble, get something more down to earth. There's nothing wrong with cool cars, but when they take a place in your heart and Mm -hmm. it's, it's all about your real estate in your heart. If all the real estate belongs to him, you can have a lot of fun things and they don't mean that much. But uh, for me, it was, it was a big deal, but I I obeyed him. I went, I sold it. I went and bought a kind of beat up old Jeep Cherokee that I could go snowboarding in and I remember sitting outside my wife's future wife's dorm dorm room and just crying and and she's like, "What? Are you okay? I thought you God told you to do this." I said, "No, I these are happy tears. I feel like an obedient son. He's showing me that pursuing you, working my job, taking care of these youth students. I was a youth intern. Um praying, getting on my knees. These are more manly than wow. driving that cool car and going to the gym and you know, trying to show off. So it was, it was definitely like a work in progress. It still Uh is, you know, I still have to constantly remind myself that a man stands tallest on his knees. You know, a man is Mm -hmm. when he's vulnerable and transparent and honest, that's when 
you know, you really see the masculine strength come out. It's not when he hides and covers up and has the bravado, right. you know, and there's yeah. a womanizer like it's there's so much more to masculinity in the, in the meekness and gentleness. Yeah, that's so good. Well, what a story too. What a, just a cool moment in a, in a, a yeah, just amazing kind of defining moment in your life. You said something earlier about when you were talking about wild at heart of just having something that you like are pursuing or that you're passionate or that you're fighting for. And I think those two things, like, I think that's such a big thing as men is to have something that we're pursuing. And you said, you know, a lot of times what was modeled to you was pursuing money, was pursuing fame, was pursuing women. And it's like, I feel like we have the natural in us to pursue things like that. And if we don't, like, then we usually kind of drift into this mode of passivity. And so a temptation is to not pursue those. And then you kind of realize like you don't have anything that you're fighting for, anything that you're shooting for. And that's where we get apathetic and that's where we get pass, you know, passive. But it sounds like you replaced those with a greater vision or like another purpose or things that yes, you were fighting yes. for. Is that true? Like you kind of just readjusted what you were pursuing into something else instead of just like, you know, stop pursuing everything. Is that yes, kind of what I'm hearing? Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think men that, yeah. that want to be noble men oftentimes feel paralyzed because they don't see all their options. Hmm. And they either think they have to sell their soul to gain the world or they have to shrink back in passivity and not go after getting what they think they want. And yes. What, yes. the beauty of becoming an intentional man is you can actually shift your vision to go after things in life that are not just a benefit to you, but a benefit to others in your community and your legacy, your posterity, those that come after you. And That's when you great. can shift that vision and realize my strength is wanted and needed, but not just to make me more impressive to people. My strength yes. is wanted and needed to actually build a life that matters and influences people. You know, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly or life to the fullest. So what would it look like for men to realize that they can have missions and objectives and Mm -hmm. goals and purpose and direction and clarity, but that the vision is more than just them and more than just rooted in insecurity. I think so often our vision is rooted in insecurity. If I can get these things, then what? Well, then I must, then I'm important or then I'm valuable or then these people will think that I'm something. Whereas a vision rooted in security is I know I'm valuable. I know I've I've got something to offer. I know I'm my father's son. Therefore, what are we going to do today? What are you calling me to this year, the next five years, 10 years? How can I make a difference? Where can I leave a different model? You know, and for me, I find most value and meaning flipping the script of my story. That's been my biggest calling more than leading people to Christ. Although that's an incredible calling and part of the great commission more than coaching my clients and seeing them get unstuck and find breakthrough and, you know, motivation for life, which is incredible more than Mm -hmm. even running the businesses and making money to provide for my family, which we definitely need that. And it's a good thing. It's a faithful thing, but my highest calling in life is to break the chains of my father, grandfather, and to make new legacy for my family. So to break the chains of alcohol Mm -hmm. abuse, adultery affairs, 
and replace that with faithfulness and fidelity and freedom. And so that's, that's what I've been going after. I find immense joy in it. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, one of the biggest milestones of my life, um, just happened recently, um, when my wife was just smiling and, and to the point of tears and looking me in the eye saying, man, I, I respect you. She's like, I've always respected you, but you've done the work you, you have modeled for our family, some, uh, uh, you know, a fathering and, and husbanding husbandry, if you will, that she's like, I, I didn't see growing up. And I know so many other young men aren't seeing, and you never even saw. And she's like, man, I just respect you. I'm happy. I love our life. I love what you've built, what we've built together. And I just, I don't want to lose it. I'm so thankful and honored that you've done. And just those kind of words, you know, men out there, Unbelievable. that's, yeah. that's the fulfillment you're looking for mm-hmm. is, is genuine respect, not manipulated respect. It's genuine honor and respect because of character that God's yeah. forged in you by making hard choices and staying faithful time and time again and day after day until you've built a life that you can be proud of and people around you uh, actually have meaningful relationships. They want to be around you and you're going after something together. I mean, I've got financial goals, right? That every yeah. one of my kids, I got five kids, that they would each have their own rental property instead of a college fund. I want them to have a rental property that they can then either they can move into like when they're early married and, and kind of pay the mortgage on for a while, or they could refinance and leverage to start a business. Um, or they could sell the whole thing and then take it and go to college if they want to. But it's like, here's Mm -hmm. your property. This, so that's like a financial goal. Right. And then I have relational goals. I want to be able to have the same dinner time, where we're sitting around the table and we do highs and lows and what is God teaching you every, every time we do dinner, you know, what's something uh, happy today, something that was hard today and something that you feel like is a lesson from the Lord today. I want to be able to do that with all of their spouses and kids. Like I want to be the grandfather patriarch that people that they flock to, not because they have to, not because it's Thanksgiving. Oh, we have to go see grandpa, but they like, yeah, "Yeah, grandpa's house. Like that's, I have this vision of this around the table and, and holidays, you know? And then I have uh, not just financial and not just relational, but I have the spiritual goals, right? That I want to be someone that comes, people see as the Gandalf that, you know, Mm -hmm when I'm no longer in the King stage of life and I'm in the sage stage, I want to be someone that people look to for wisdom and counsel and advice. And they would, although it's their story, it's Frodo's story. It's, it's, I'm not the protagonist. I'm not in the the center stage, but I want to be one where they say, man, we couldn't do it without Gandalf. We couldn't do it without Rob's. We got to go talk to Rob. We got to go like, I don't know if that's being a network leader of of a church, like of a church, um, family or network of churches, or if it's leading coaches who lead other coaches, but just being someone that has wisdom to offer the world where people can navigate their adventure and really get the most out of this life. So I feel like vision is what's really transformed my masculine journey. Mm, That's so good. Wow. I love all that. And I can just hear your passion, you know, as you're talking about it. And I I don't want to miss this because this is, I think, a huge thing of what we've kind of been discussing is it's it's not shrinking back from things and playing small and hoping that nothing bad happens you took everything that was modeled to you and you got a bigger vision you realized what was worth living for what was worth pursuing and then you just went after it 
you know, it's like, it's a shift of focus and a shift of energy. I think for me, a lot of times it was like, Hey, you know, you realize all oh, the money or whatever isn't fulfilling and, and it causes you to play small and to be yes. passive and to be indifferent and to kind of just sit back and, and not pursue things. And I think that's a tricky place to be as a man too, is because I think we are created to have those missions and the things that we fulfill and we go after. And so what's so cool about your story is, is what you said of like, man, it is my mm. biggest, my highest calling to flip the script and to help people do the same. Yes. It's like, yes. you took, you took what was modeled to you of like him pursuing all those things. You took that same energy, but you put it towards a higher mission and a higher purpose. And it Come just on. propelled you. That's and right. just shot That's you. Right. Yeah. And so I don't want to miss that. You know, if you're listening to this, it's not about playing small, but it's about directing your energy to something that is going to leave a legacy that is going to impact people that is going to, you know, benefit people. That's going to be there for your wife, for your kids. Like that's what we're talking about. That's what being intentional is, yes. um, is still Come fighting on. and pursuing. Cause we need that. We need that as men. So yeah, I that, love that. that principle of redirection, man, is I'm glad you're pausing on that and we can camp on that because it's so powerful in multiple categories redirecting your life's energy, passion, and purpose to, you know, find breakthrough and fulfillment and um, yeah. do it differently than the way you were raised. But in other things too, like my, my mentor and Bible teacher, and he's also the one that did our premarital. He's still kind of our marriage coach to this day. Him and his mm. wife are our marriage coaches. Shout out to the Fausts. Love you guys. But they, um, I mean, I don't know how raw we can get on this podcast, but it's, he said, you yeah. know, this is a man, this is a masculine podcast. So, I mean, we, we might as well talk about it. He he yeah. said there's only one sexual command really in the Bible. There's, there's all these prohibitions of things you shouldn't do or don't do. There's all these no's, but they're only after one yes. And the one hmm. yes is direct all your sexual energy towards your spouse. Like you have one yes, all the other no's you know, mm. no outside of marriage and no, you know, all the other different prohibitions of how not to use uh, your sexuality are after one yes, which is just direct all your energy yeah. to your spouse. And when he, I don't, that really unlocked something for me. It wasn't like, oh man, I got to say no to this image and no to this girl and no to this thought so that I can be faithful to my wife. I just got to say yes to her and redirect my passion and redirect my needs and redirect my connection and redirect my pain. And even in the insecure moments and even in just you know, direct it to, towards her and be real with her. And, you know, I've seen that in multiple categories, like anger, anger was one that I just tried to turn off for a long time. And yeah. I read a book, um, good and angry, great mm. book. And it talks about, no, don't, don't shut it down. Anger is the uh, emotion, the language of passion, Passion yeah. means not just something you get excited about, but something you're willing to suffer for. Passion means the suffering, passion of Christ, suffering of Christ. So it means that you care about this enough to want to change it. Yeah. So don't shut down your anger. You need to learn to redirect it. You need to learn to rechannel it to be constructive in the world. How could you take what you're feeling, this anger boiling up, and let's get to the root of it. Is it out of insecurity? Is it out of 
you know, the flesh or is it out of some sort of destructive pattern? Well, then, yeah, maybe we need to curb that and figure out what's really going on. Is it masking another emotion? Like, are you really just sad and you're covering it up with anger? Or is it Mm. genuine? Like there was an injustice. Something happened that's inappropriate in our world. That's not the way God's designed it to be, not the way you see to be most healthy or effective. And you want to shift it. You're angry about something in your company. You're angry about something in your life funnel that anger to motivation to actually make a change Hmm. and that was huge so i'm really glad you're bringing up this it's a redirect of vision a redirect of energy and it's a redirect of passion and angry i think there's a lot of angry men you might be listening to this thinking man i resonate with that there's sometimes i get angry that if you stifle that you'll just get into apathy and channel Hmm. that anger into passion but for the things that matter yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I love that. Take all the love, take all the passion, take all the energy and channel it into your wife. Like what, a, what an amazing yes, different yes. picture instead of just, I'm just avoiding, 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 not trying yes. to make mistakes. And like that leads you to be just super, like when you're trying not to make mistakes, it's really, really hard. I remember like, yeah, my playing first, not first, to lose is different than yeah. playing to win. Yeah, exactly. It's like my my freshman year of college, I played college basketball and I was like just getting spot minutes off the bench. And so every time I would come in, I was playing not to make a mistake, like not playing to win, not playing to like make something happen. Just like I can't make a mistake or I'm going to get pulled. <laughs> and, and I did not yes. play very well when you play like right. that. But it's like, right. you know, like when we play not to make mistakes, it becomes a dangerous game because we're apathetic. When we go and channel all our energy into the wrong things, it becomes a dangerous game. So it's this redirection into what matters. And I think where that starts is you got to have a bigger vision for your life. You got to have a big vision. You got to have, you got to know what's important. You got to know what your priorities are and then figure out how to channel them in. So when did you kind of realize that this whole flipping the script thing and like helping people do that? When did that become like your main vision? When did you feel like you were called to that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, early on after God got a grip on my heart, I I thought it was more, I, I need to heal from these father woundings so that I could one day be a great pastor and be a great leader. But like, it's just like a checkpoint. I got to get, get my baggage of my past behind me. And somewhere, I think it was probably five or six years into marriage, honestly, when we were, we were having some really, really tough marriage stuff. A lot of that pain and hurt from my childhood was coming back up. And now my son is five and, you know, well, he's, he's 10 now, but at that time he was five and that's when my dad walked out. And I remember having to get counseling and inner healing and coaching and men do not be ashamed to get these things. I think everyone needs it at different times in their life. Um, Counseling, looking back and trying to make sense of it and finding healing from it, coaching, looking forward and attacking life and making and seizing the day. And mm-hmm. we're, uh, but I remember talking to a counselor and he's like, well, of course these things are resurfacing for you because, and he's like, this is going to be a lifelong journey. In fact, this is a calling and the callings to not just not be your dad. Like that was for a long time. It was just don't be him. Like you said, playing yeah. not to lose. Yep. Well, that's yep. a really low bar. So like my goal in marriage is to not leave my goal in my marriage is to not walk out. So like, well, that's, that's not a good vision because then if I showed up that day, even if I like half heartedly showed up and didn't really pursue my wife or leave my kids, if I just didn't walk out, I'm better than my dad. And it was through counseling and coaching that I realized, no, I I need a greater vision 
that Hmm. fresh waves of pain, like just like an onion, fresh layers of woundedness and pain and, and confusion will come as I continue to parent my kid. And I'm walking into the unknown because no one's modeled this for me. And yet I can tap on resources and I can read books and I can talk to coaches, but my vision needs to be becoming the fullest potential of the husband, father, and leader that God's called me to be not trying not to be my dad. Yes. So I think that was, that was, a, I'd say probably five or six years ago. And that's what really led to, gosh, if it wasn't for me owning that, like, nope, I'm going to reach my, my blue sky potential, what my current coach calls it. If I wasn't uh, going to go after that and I'm just going to settle, then I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep backsliding in these, like I, I need to actually go somewhere and soar and fly and not just get stuck. So that's when, you know, building a business was brought to the table. And that's when, you know, not just, you know, being involved in my kid's life, but like, hey, I think we're actually called to homeschool. And, and not everyone's called to that, but we just felt like we're going to instill our values into them. We're going to, I'm going to be not just kind of show up to the game reluctantly, like, man, what if I like helped coach him in this sport? And what, like, I just started raising the bar of like, what could be possible rather than I don't want to do that. So I guess I could I would call it being proactive instead of reactive. Yes, mm-hmm. and it happened because of pain. It happened because the reactive method in my marriage was not working, and yeah. I kept self sabotaging. But when I started getting proactive, and it was counselors and coaches that helped me heal and vision to do that. Man, that's I look back now and. Uh, all three businesses that I'm a part owner in the rental properties I have, the influence I have, the church that I have, everything I have, you know, as far as like impact and eternal destiny has been in the last five years when I, when I decided to stop playing, not to lose and start playing to win. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. And I, I love what you just said there of like, not just accepting that as the low bar, because I think, it's so easy to do that and even compare yourself to other people and think, Oh, I, you know, I'm ahead of that guy or we're doing better than that couple or, you know, like our kids are a little better there, but it's like, where, why do we set a low bar when there's a bigger vision of like, what, what does it mean to be the best father? What does it mean to be the best husband? And not in a way where that's like your vain pursuit, but like, but this, like, I'm going to be so intentional. I'm going to be so purposeful um, yes. that I'm going to be the best possible version of myself I can be and the best leader that I can be. And so don't set such a low bar. I think, you know, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, there's probably a lot of areas where I'm just, you know, settling for a low bar because I think that that could be the standard when that's not the kind of person I want to be. I know that's not the Come kind on. of person you want to be. And I think if you're listening to the show, that's not the person you want to be. We want to be intentional men who have a greater vision and we we work for it. It's like, I don't, I don't yes. just want a decent marriage. I want a great marriage. You know, like yes, if, yes. if 50% of people end in divorce, it could be easy to say, okay, if we don't end in divorce, then that's a success, which it is. But like, have a vision beyond that of like, no, I'm going to have one that yes. like thrives all the way to the end and continues to grow and get better and better and better. And, you know, like that's the kind of mindset shift that I think is super powerful Come on. that you're getting to. So I yeah, love that. that. The so, long-term vision. Yeah. I was just going to chime in because yeah. my marriage coaches, they, they have a vision of rolling down the, 
nursing home together laughing and playing games and still being best friends. And that's always stuck with me. Begin with the end in mind. If you have a short-term vision, then, you know, you'll get short-term results. You're like, John Bevere talks about, you know, being at a wedding and if the world's going to end tomorrow and the wedding cake's in front of you, you're just going to have as much as you want. It's like, whatever. But if you have a long-term vision, like you're at that same wedding and you imagine yourself as the grandfather to your granddaughter's wedding and you still want to boogie on the dance floor, you might just have one piece instead of, mm. you know, five yeah. pieces. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it just, it's just a game changer when you actually start living with a forward future vision. And I, I think that one, if I could summarize, how did God shift my masculine perspective and focus and flip the script? It was instead of using my, masculine strength to be liked and to try to lord it over others instead i used my masculine strength to love to genuinely sacrifice for others and to lead to show and model a way and become a mentor not to be liked or to lord it over but Mm -hmm. to love to serve and to lead to lead and show the way and that that that's a little mantra that i Mm -hmm. use because it helps me really discern like, what, okay, why am I going after this thing? Is it to be liked by others or lorded over others? Or is it to really genuinely love, to sacrificially serve, and to lead, to, to model and example a new way? Mm-hmm. So hopefully that resonates with someone out there, but that's kind of been a good filter. Absolutely. Yeah. Redirecting that energy, redirecting that passion, redirecting that, you know, the competitiveness, you know, these things that sometimes are labeled as bad. No, put it into these good things, put it into loving, put it into investing in other people, put it into investing in a long-term vision that, that goes beyond your life that is passed down to your kids and their kids, you know, like that's amazing thing to pursue. And that gets me fired up to go and work hard. You know, that gets me fired up to yes, go and do well yes. in business. That gets me fired up to go, you know, do the best that I possibly can. And it's not for all these accolades. It's like, oh my gosh, look at this vision of what my life could be where when I'm gone, I want, you know, my legacy to continue to be passed on to people because I put Come all on. my energy and my passion, my vision into the right things. Yes. Um, so and I do love it now. That you said that. You know, the, and do it now. If you're a young, if you're a young man listening to this, you know, you can, you can do this now. You don't have to wait. We have this idea like a oh, one day, you know, when I'm of this mm-hmm. certain age or certain status, no, the only way you're going to get to that place of having influence and leadership is you got to start somewhere. You got to start today, start now. I remember talking to yeah. one of my mentors and I was saying, kind of complaining, like, man, I'm, this was back in my twenties, right? Man, I'm, I'm married. None of my friends are married and I've got this, now I got a kid and now, and I'm working this job and I'm trying to pay the bills and I'm just, I'm just, it, it's heavy. Like my life, it's like, it's, it's hard. It's a grind. And and I see so many of my friends and they're still out there just kind of living it up for themselves. And I don't, that's, I, I shouldn't be attracted to that or tempted by that, but it's, it just doesn't seem fair sometimes. And he said, first of all, instead of saying your life is busy, say your life is full. Hmm. Because when those guys, you don't know what happens when they go home and their, their life is empty, even though it feels like they've got a lot of freedom. You've, used your freedom to be a blessing to those around you and many people. And then he said, and secondly, bear a heavy burden in your youth, which is a proverb from the scriptures. 
like what? He's like better to bury a heavy burden in your youth than than in your older years. It's meaning use your youthful passion and energy energy while you've got it. You know, you you only young once. Like that's the time to build businesses. That's the time to to risk. That's the time to you know build a relationship mm-hmm. with someone. And 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 hey, romance is risky. Like they might say no. They it's like it's free will. You risk rejection, but put your heart out there. Like experience life, not to where you're being a destruction to yourself or others. Right. And you're doing the things that all of the, all the things that God warns us against are for our own good. So I don't mean go and just, you know, experiment in the sense of money, sex, drugs, but like experiment in the sense of where do you want to live? You want to move, try risk, moving risk, pursuing a woman risk, building a company. Like you've got to learn to embrace risk and to Mm. fall forward and get back up. And that, that's another thing a, a pastor told me once is, man, Rob, you're really good at falling forward. I'm like, because I've made a lot of mistakes, man. I have messed up yeah. huge, but I just, I just tuck and roll. It's like, it's part court. Yeah. Fall forward and bounce back out of it. And you'll be less painful than if you just fall flat and just kind of right. smack the ground, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, I mean, when we talk about building a life of significance, when we talk about leaving the legacy that's where this piece of intentionality comes in because it's really easy to have good intentions of this is the kind of person I want to be. But until you break it down and you start to actually get intentional on a daily basis, that's what leads yes. to that's what leads to this body of work that you can be extremely proud of. And that's why like it's so important for for me and, and for you and and for us on this show of like we're not just saying be intentional just you know just to say it. It's like I That's want right. my life to matter. I want my life to be something that impacts a lot of people. And I know in order to do that, I have to get intentional with my life. I have to put in the work. I have to like plan. I have to think through things. If I want to be this person in the end, it's not just going to happen by coasting. It's not just going to happen by being, yes. you know, playing small and being passive and just hoping to not make any mistakes. If you do that, you're going to end up at the end where you're not super proud where you wish you, you know, you have all these regrets of, I wish I did this. I wish I invested in my marriage more. I wish I invested in my kids. I wish I didn't pursue these things. It's like, that's why we're talking about being intentional is so that if you're intentional on a daily basis, then you have intentional weeks, which turn into intentional months, which turn into intentional years, which then stacks into this lifestyle that you can be proud of where you're like, man, every single day I showed up to be my best I showed up to love others. I put all my energy into the right things, into the right investments. And wow, look what happened. Look what God did over the course of my life. That's why it matters so on good. a daily basis to be intentional. I love that, dude. You know, and honestly, I, I just want to take a moment and also honor my dad because mm. he, although he didn't model the fullness of what a man and a husband and a father could be in Christ. And in many ways he was a stumbling block in his hypocrisy. But one thing he did do that was really beneficial for me in my life is he gave me the tools for transformation. Yeah. And what I mean by that is he, he showed me the way out. He's, he was, he was stuck in his patterns and sometimes willing to recognize they were unhealthy, sometimes in denial that they were unhealthy but nonetheless, he's stuck in these patterns, but he gave me some tools on one of them is exactly what you're, what you're saying, which is the daily intentionality. And he mm-hmm. called it the smallest incremental close, which is like a sales tactic, which okay. instead of, 
you know, hey, this is going to be, you know, some odd hundreds, thousands of dollars for this massive purchase. It's actually just $5 a day. If you really think about it, it's, you know, it's one Starbucks coffee a day. Just, and it's this sales technique of the smallest incremental close. And, and he would actually sign these like, you know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar sales contracts with these clients using this smallest incremental close. And he had this whole spiel in some of his, in his uh, speaking he, arrangement. He was a, auto sales trainer that also did some like speaking and motivational uh, seminars. And one of the things he would share was, you know, 30 pounds in 90 days is like for some, someone out there that sounds like a lot, but it's six ounces a day. Hmm. And the average guy walks around the block, a brisk 15, 20 minute walk. And you actually increase your water intake to that, like 120 ounces. Like you get a good water intake and you walk and you're not eating terribly, you can lose six ounces a day pretty easily. And I just remember that that always stuck with me. You can't hit a target you can't see, let alone one you don't really have. That was one of his mantras. And one thing he taught me was goal setting. One thing he taught me was daily, you know, consistency. One thing he taught me was the scriptures. He didn't always live them, but he told me this is God's plan. This is God's will. This is God's wisdom. This is God's love. Don't forsake these. If you do anything, son, just build your life on this. So I chose, I had a, I had a choice. I remember many times I've had choice when my dad's words would come back to my heart and mind to reject them because he didn't always live them, right? To judge the messenger or to own them for the truth that they were and to see and to test them, to see if they were true and to actually believe the message. And that's, I can't tell you how valuable that's been. Because no matter who's preaching on stage or who's on the Zoom call coaching me or who's in the training room or what boss I've had, if they're giving me wisdom, if they're communicating knowledge, if they're actually explaining something that will make my life more impactful, fulfilling, rewarding, I listen to them. I listen to them, even if they don't back it up with their life. Because if I apply it to my life, my life will be changed. So yeah. he gave me the tools of transformation. A wise man receives. Mm. A wise man. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. A wise man, you know, uh, even can embrace correction, whereas a fool despises knowledge, despises correction, despises information. So, be a wise man that can look at someone's life, and even if they don't have it all together, if they have truth, yeah. apply the truth yeah. and leverage it. Mm. Yeah, that's really good, and it's it's cool that you you end up seeing that. Like, I don't know, I just sitting back and hearing you just the way that God worked everything in your life to be where you are now. You you had the tools, you had the baseline from your father. And though it was tricky, though it was pain, there was a lot of good that came from it. And then a lot that you learned and a lot of like, you got to see like what you didn't want and then have a vision for what you did want. And it kind of all molded together to be who you are today, which is really, really cool to see. Um, just like, man, you, you are equipped and, and God has put you in this spot for a reason and has given you this passion and this purpose to help people flip the script for a reason. Like I can just see yes. the whole story really playing out. So that's awesome, man. I, I would love to just, just kind of finish on this one question because I think, um, you know, talking about that daily consistency, daily intentionality, if you were, yeah. you know, somebody's listening to this, they're really inspired being like, man, I really want to get intentional and consistent on a daily basis. What are just a few things that you've done to make sure that you're 
becoming the man and that you want to be and putting your energy in the right place? Like what are just some things that you've done to set your life up in that way? Yeah. Great question. Yes. If you're listening to this, looking to grow and being an intentional man, I would say hire a coach or find a mentor. Number one, obviously I'm biased, but they have changed my life and that's why I now do what I do. And Jonathan does what he does. So find a coach Two, I would say you need a vision. You need a very clear vision of where you want to go 10 years, five years. You can reverse engineer it to the next six months. And then an action step plan. How, what do I need to do to get to where I say I want to go? What are the things that I'm tolerating that I complain about repeatedly that I actually have power to shift? And then you mm. got to figure out why you tolerate those things. You're probably getting something out of them like comfort, ease, laziness, you know, status. And if you actually were to go after the thing you say you want, it would disrupt all of that. And so be willing to disrupt, be willing to challenge the status quo. Uh, So get a coach, get a vision, and then get a plan. And this plan should have smart goals. It should have strategic, um, you know, milestones. I like to use the word aim, your authentic, intentional milestone. Like, because you can, you can set that far off vision, but then you need that next milestone of of what you're going to do to get there. So get a coach, get a vision, get a plan. You can be intentional and you can see the life of your dreams and it won't just be a dream. You'll be living in it, your blue sky potential, and you'll become everything that God's called you to be living your higher purpose on purpose. So you can do it. Love that. Love that. Such good stuff. Yeah. And I would just really take that to heart. You know, this is someone who's lived this. This is someone who's been through a lot of pain. This is somebody who's, you know, still working, obviously, but is kind of on the yes. other side and in, in, in doing this journey together uh, of living intentionally. So take those steps and just take one step, you know, at least uh, start small and let's just start living intentional lives because you live intentional days, it turns into intentional life. And that's what we're about. Come Here's, on. You know, Come on. spend each day. Don't waste the day. Make each day your masterpiece and use your masculine energy to invest in other people, to invest in things that will last longer than other material things. You do that. You can Come end on. up at the end of your life very proud and uh, have a legacy to pass on. So, Rob, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. You're I welcome. love this conversation. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just thank you so much for your time. How can we as a community support you? Maybe tell us about the coaching business and the foundry real quick. Uh, just kind of yeah, hit us yeah. real quick. So those are my, on there. you know, two passion projects, and what I currently do, spend most of my time doing these days, is coaching through higher purpose, um, just transformational breakthrough coaching. Uh, work with individuals and couples. I have a marriage course, and then uh, now corporations or businesses. I have a, mm-hmm. a workshop that I do, and some follow up work. If you have a business team that you want to see. Uh, grow in teamwork, communication, breakthrough, those sort of things. So I do that with higher purpose. And then the foundry I'm really excited about, and that's how Jonathan and I have really built a relationship. And it's just a peer-to-peer uh, executive advisory group. It's it's a business cohort of, of other business owners. We get in the room, imagine 10 business owners around the table, you know, encouraging one another, challenging one another, counseling one another, being real with one another, and even praying for each other. And that's what the foundry is. And so we're uh, my friend and brother in the Lord and hopefully one day soon to be business partner uh, as I work towards um, that partnership with him. 
he's an incredible uh, leader in this company, but we've, we've been building this. He's got a group, I've got a group, and I, we're launching a third and a fourth group. We've got a lot of interest, a lot of momentum. So, hey, if you're a business owner out there and uh, in northern Colorado, I should say, we are going to do a Zoom group as well for those that are out of state. But if you're a business owner out there that's looking for camaraderie and fellowship and the Christian accountability to grow your business and your faith, check out thefoundryadvisory.com. Foundryadvisory.com. There you go. Yep. Love it. Uh, Rob, well, thank you so much for being here. Please make sure you do go check that out if you're interested. Uh, And if you're interested in Rob's coaching, obviously you can reach out to him that way too. Um, But thanks for being here. And um, yeah, yeah, man, looking forward to uh, to live intentional lives. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Yes. All right. See you. Thank you for tuning in to the Intentional Man podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. If you are someone who is looking to take your life to the next level, accelerate your success, and live more intentionally, I would love to help. Shoot me a text at 970-430-6085, and we can schedule a time to meet to discuss your vision and your goals. Again, that is 970-430-6085. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, build a life that matters by living intentionally.